His face is one of four carved into Mount Rushmore, but few know the story of how this well-known president changed the face of agriculture. The story of one president's quest to make American farms the best in the world is this feature on the American Countryside. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Hey y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Although he's known for his hand in drafting the Declaration of Independence and serving as our third president, Thomas Jefferson was a man devoted to agriculture. Monticello was a plantation, and uh, the little mountain itself, of course, Monticello means little mountain, was the center of a 5,000-acre farm. Peter Hatch is the director of Gardens and Grounds Emeritus at Jefferson's home, Monticello. The way that Thomas Jefferson learned of new farming techniques was similar to how farmers hear about the new methods today. He read and listened. Jefferson, you know, often talked about how mostly what he learned was through books, and he had a, a splendid agricultural, botanical, and horticultural library. He read authors such as Jethro Tull, and he was up on the latest developments in scientific agriculture. His trips abroad served as opportunities to literally steal ideas that could be put to use in America. He smuggled back in the United States, uh, for example, upland rice talked about how the low country Carolina rice growers and their dependence upon uh, lowland rices and their living in sort of these malarial ridden swamps could be replaced by the introduction of this high Piedmont rice that would grow in um, drier, uh, more elevated soils. The effort to introduce that rice into this country was truly a matter of life and death. He, of course, smuggled this in the United States and was returned from France under the penalty of death. And upland rice never really took on in this country, but it was sort of typical of Jefferson's experimental efforts to reform agriculture in this country. Hatch says taking a look at Jefferson's garden and farm books is a great way to gain insights into how to farm the same land where America's third president once lived. Traveling the countryside in Charlottesville, Virginia, I'm Andrew McRae.